Oh, geez. Okay. Um, so I press got it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just a quick question though. Um, has anybody found like what what cases do we use? What is the best case do we use for the 25% um, discount for the guilty plea? Because um, I, I saw a couple of cases, like a lot of cases, but I'm not sure which one to choose. Like, yeah. Even Zhang is I think someone on the chat mentioned that they used um, Zhang for um, authority on that, which I guess is good authority. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because it's the guideline case, obviously. So, um, especially I'm I'm also using that case um, to support it, um, but I think that Mr. Yip, like his circumstances and the amount um, of meth that he brought in and him being a leading role like they're very they're very significant which kind of makes it seem that for our defendant it could be justified like for him because like for us we had we had um him pleading guilty at the first opportunity but for mr yip he pleaded guilty seven months after he was charged so i feel like that is quite compelling to grant him the um sorry um the 25 percent but i know other people are basing um their guilty plea on i think smith versus r i think i saw a few messages in the group for that yeah is everyone going for um, the full 25 then? Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, for, the, uh, for, for the guilty plea, I was actually looking at Yin. I read it all. Um, but yeah, I wasn't sure which one to choose, whether Zhang or, uh, as you said, it's just like, it's the leading case. I think it also depends on how you argue it. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Um, did anyone else mention the um, MPI? What's MPI, by the way? Um, minimum period of imprisonment. Oh, yeah. I've read a lot of cases. Um, no. Okay. No. Um. I think I might just at the end, once I say, like state my final sentence, that I'll just say that um, like the MPI should be 50% of the sentence because I think that's like generally mm. what it is. Yeah, yeah, because I saw... Uh, sorry, yeah, you go. No, you go. I was just agreeing. Um, no, yeah, because um, I saw a lot of cases that were giving them 50%. Um, I was reading Smith today and sorry that Fungo Po versus R case as well. And they both gave 50%. Do you think that we have to have authority for that or does it kind of just seem like the general thing to do? See, I wasn't sure because I think that's my like biggest problem at the moment is um identifying which ones need authority and which ones don't like can just be justified justified using like our arguments yeah i feel oh. like because we're not arguing against um 
having an MPI, like that he shouldn't have one. It's not really that contentious. So mm. if we just say that he has one, I think that should be sufficient. Mm. In, um, in Smith, they talked about giving a 50% minimum period of imprisonment because Mr. Zhang himself had it uh, at 50%, um, and they right. both were cases involving substantial quantities. So mm, I guess okay. it is somewhat relevant to bring up why you're choosing 50 as your number. But... Okay. The thing, is, uh, the thing is, in your, you have to consider your uh, oral presentation as well. They're going to ask us questions uh, whether we are going to use uh, 50%. I think minimum imprisonment, that's, that's not really, uh, like that's how I say it, but I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see it as like really that, that, that important because it will, I've read, the, I read the, that the problem with me is I read cases and I'm really familiar with, with the facts, but I forget the names and I don't, and my problem is <laughs> I don't actually cite them. Yeah, yeah, I don't cite them. Yeah. I read the case where they said, um, that will be up to the parole, you know, whether they will feel, and, and, and the packed report, the packed report of that person was that he was a high uh, a community, um, he was a threat to community as well. And they said uh, that that it's up to the parole. They will decide whether you are going to be eligible or not, you know, whether you are going to be um, a threat to community or not. Not the word threat, but you know what I mean. But that's that's once you're already in prison. They always have to set an MPI yeah. before you go to prison. And then once you finish your MPI, then you can go up for parole based on what the parole officer decides. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, so that's, so that's, it could be that's, much longer than what you get sentenced to in reality. Yeah, but the, the thing is, I think the MPI is not really up to the um, council. Is it? Am I right or wrong? It's just more up I, to the judge? But council yeah. don't really argue them. Or do they? Well, you, yeah, because we're obviously the Crown submitted for what they propose to be the MPI, and then we submit oh. our MPI, and then obviously the judge comes to a conclusion based on both of our sentences, uh, submissions. It'll probably be somewhere in between the two. Did Crown submit how much um, the MPI? Wow, yeah. I never. Okay. Yes, they did. Yeah. I think it was 10 yeah. years. Thanks, thanks. Um, okay. I had a question on a different thing. I just wanted to see what you guys had thought in terms of the prior convictions. So I know a lot of people um, are saying that the cannabis conviction is not relevant, and I agree with that, and I've got authority for that. But has anyone got any authority to give the uplift for the MDMA prior conviction? I was trying um, for cases, so but I couldn't. Let me see mm. what I've put. Um, I put, I have um, the Queen and Macmillan. And so basically he had like two serious convictions, both of them around two to three years imprisonment for drugs. And like, I think it was, I can't remember exactly. I don't have the case on me, but basically they were much more serious and recent as well I think 2015 and he got a one-year uplift for serious and recent convictions so okay kind of compare that I guess yeah what I I gathered from Smith is the reason the cannabis conviction doesn't matter is for two reasons it's the nature of the conviction and the age so that one's not serious yeah um 
But so, I mean, I don't know if I've done this correctly. So Miss Phillips and Zhang um, got an uplift of six months for her prior convictions. She had 13 prior conspiracy to um, supply and that was like in, convictions. It was like in 2011 as well, eh? Or it was, yeah, more relevant to the, like, more close, but still kind of past convictions. Yeah. But looking at the sentence, like, I don't know if we're supposed to go, like, this far into it but i went and looked at the sort of sentences people get for um conspiracy um offenses for methamphetamine and then the offense of um possession and supply of mdma and they've got very similar sentences yeah so i don't know if that's comparable given their different offenses one's conspiracy one's possession and supply but they have similar sentences I think as long as you justify your argument as that being proportionate, because um, the uplift of two years, that's already more like that is more than half for what he got um, for the position and supply of M- MDMA, which has imposed yeah. three years. So I feel like if, yeah, just, yeah, as long as you argue well, it should be fine. Yeah, it would be pretty disproportionate, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be years. Lucy was saying, because I went and rewatched the part of the lecture where she talked about uplifts for previous convictions. But I just like she was saying about the proportionality of it all. I just don't know where she got that information from because it doesn't actually state any like it doesn't really state it in the at least I don't yeah. think based on her slide, like her comment about proportionality was just underneath the section from the sentencing act. It almost seemed like a principle judges, because I remember re-watching yeah. that as well, and it almost seemed like a principle that judges keep in mind when they do the uplifts. Yeah. Without so authority. I, I guess that we just go off that and our fake judge will have that same principle in mind. Yeah, I suppose it's the whole discretionary thing. Mm. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I just like missed up something. Did you guys say that um, the proportionate, right? It's not propor- It's not proportionate. What what the crown is asking, correct? Yes. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, have any of you like? Did any of you look at the cases the crown cited for that stuff? No, like I Cooper and Terui. No. I went and looked at it. There's, they haven't got a strong argument there. It's, there aren't cases relevant to this in the slightest. So it seems like if they can give an uplift of two years on a case from 1997 about violent offending and um, failing, like uh, during a time when they shouldn't have been drinking alcohol or something like that, mm. to say two Terry, years. Are you, we can say sorry, whatever. Are you talking about Terawi? Oh, no, Lapupa. Who, sorry, who? Uh, the one that was cited before Terui uh, by the Crown. It's footnote 12. Yeah. It's footnote 12 okay. on the Crown sentencing submission. Because yeah, yeah. they but use I'm, that I'm as justification. Yeah. Um, it just seems wrong to use a case so old anyways. And like irrelevant. Yeah. The, so I, I went and I really like tried to deep dive what they were getting at from that. And all I could pull was... Um, they talked about like you got to deter people by giving them uplifts to their prior convictions in Lapupa. Mm. And it was like, okay. 
which it just doesn't even make sense when the Crown's saying that like his previous sentence haven't even deterred him. So why uplift it even more? You know what I mean? Exactly. Lipupa. Lipupa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to try argue that um, his undiagnosed um, ADHD and dyspraxia was the underlying cause as to why he was um, consuming cannabis and um, obviously maybe possession of MDA. But yeah, I think the supply side to the MDA kind of leads to his um, offending getting progressively worse. But I'm not sure if if I can say that or if it I just kind of adds my argument. I don't think it's relevant to justify or try and like you know consider why he has those charges the fact is he has those charges yeah does he need an uplift for them like okay. just based on this case so just for like the sake of your word count okay i wouldn't tr- like bother deep diving in that too, okay. too much although i think if you want to take that same argument and use say his addiction crossing over with his mental um they're not disabilities, but his ADHD and his, his dyspraxia crossing mm-hmm. over with his addiction, you could probably say that res- like gets rid of some of his culpability because it's making him a less rational thinker and it could be a mitigating factor. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, now I just have to figure out what I have to say for um, yeah, previous convictions. Um, so did I, you- if, it, if it helps, I split mine in two. So I talked about the historical nature and I just referred to like the purpose of section nine, one subsection J. Mm -hmm. And then I talked about the proportionality of it. And that's where I gave authority from Macmillan. Cause I think those are kind of the two relevant points for the uplift in his case. Okay. And the Macmillan case was um, specifically for MDMA or was it, this is it was a methamphetamine charge as oh, well. Okay. Okay. He had previous methamphetamine charges, which were like uh, way more serious. And obviously, methamphetamine is more is yeah. a um, higher class drug than MDMA. Okay. Do you know what his what the actual sentence was for his prior methamphetamine charges? Like how many years? The in the Macmillan. Mm-hmm. Um, one second. I need to pull that case up as well. While yeah, you're doing that, um, the case, uh, Lipupa, the one that we, you, we talked about, um, I've also mentioned that it's, 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 it's actually distinguished because, because it is different. It is for GBH. Is that going to be considered or no? Like it, because I, it was for GBH, right? I don't I think I, Lipupa was. I yeah, wouldn't Lip- get too stuck on like the cases that they cited though yeah yeah you. i wouldn't either lapupa was a case about violence um while yeah. the defendant had drunk alcohol during a sentence where he was under supervision was offending happened while whilst respondent um was serving sentence of supervision so that makes it more aggravating whereas yes. our one is not so that's how I wrote it. Do we can we write that as well? You know what I mean? 
I, I suppose you could. I think you could probably yeah. make a strong argument, though, by drawing on other cases closer to our case than trying to distinguish the Crown's case. So we Are you guys going to say his ADHD and addiction is causative of his offending? I've... Oh, you go. I just said yes, it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, are you guys taking that approach? For, for, uh, so are you guys pushing for the 30%? Oh, no. No, 30%, no. <laughs> I'm going to try and get like 12. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the same with 12. I felt there, there was a bit more to um, his ADHD and addiction um, compared to Wrath uh, versus R. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Rat. Yeah, that was the one. Um, Because I feel like his late diagnosis, if he was a bit more aware um then yeah i i just kind of talked about that and kind of fluffed on about it but yeah i'm not sure honestly do you, I feel do like you guys combine it into one point or do you separate the two no so for the adhd and the addiction under zhang um they said that at times um they can work together. They can operate uh, in combination. Um, That's right. Yeah. So I, I did them together, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I've, I've yeah done the I did thing. mine together as well. Yeah. And that was right, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's hard and, to tell. Like, what... It's hard to say what is right and what isn't right. We just got to go based on what we feel is is right so um like I, I can see where you're coming from Ali but I wouldn't want to be responsible if you were to take it verbatim and then not have it reflected um in, you know in a good in a good mark for you if that makes sense yeah I think just just on that same point um in RAT, the, the judge had said that it was difficult to assess what uh, like what part could be contributed to the ADHD and which part could be contributed to the methamphetamine addiction. And it was kind of like they kind of overlapped in so many ways that you couldn't really give a separate one for each. Yeah. Yeah, but then he said there's a point where he said, I think it's in the same paragraph where he said... Um, they are combined together, as you said, yeah. Um, and and let me actually see where have I cited it. My notes are so messy. Uh, I think you get 10.4% uh, discount, right? Is it that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10.4%. What is it? Um, yeah. Court gave 10.5% discount for ADHD and addiction. Sure. Operating, operating in combination. Um, yeah, well, I do have some questions about 
autographs. We can also draw no distinction. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys saying about the part in that case, though? Um, how it says that there needs to be persuasive evidence for um, a defendant to get um, a discount for addiction or for um, ADHD. Um, I because it says that like PEC report alone can't actually be um, awarded a discount. I think someone asked that question on Piazza, but I don't know. I didn't go back to see the response. Um, so just check oh. it as well. But yeah, I, I, we we really do lack evidence or any other um documents. So I, yeah. I guess we, I think for this assessment, we kind of just base it off that PEC report and what has been given to us. Exactly. I think I remember the question on Piazza and I'm pretty sure that Lucy said, like, you, if done the right way, like, you can acknowledge that you'd need more medical evidence or something along those lines. So I don't really know how you do that right, but. Right, yeah, I'll have a look. Thank you. Well, if you, if you, I mean, I mean, isn't it like pack report is sufficient? Because pack report is not done just like from the air. They just don't bring and say that, oh, he has ADHD and blah, blah, blah from the air. They, yeah, but I think it's just what it means is that realistically we should have a doctor to corroborate that he's got ADHD. Well, he's already had that. Yeah. He just hasn't had the addiction be assessed by a doctor, nor the overlap between the ADHD and the addiction. Yeah. If you, if yeah, you, like, if you, yeah, yeah. Um, the PAC report itself is just like self-diagnosis by the defendant, so none of it is technically true. If you like, it, it is technically all, all, all talk in some, in some way. Like, obviously, someone that most of the stuff is probably true, but like. The defendant can can lie in a pack report because it's just based off an observation. Or they can, or they cannot. Well, it's it's written by the probation officer, so they there can be lies in there. But I mean, they've kind of got a an obligation not to lie in it to the court. So if it's found that they've lied in it, there's probably going to be some sort of consequence for them. Yeah, I'm just, I've read a couple, come across a couple of judgments where the judges said that he doesn't actually want to acknowledge the PAC report because um, of it, because it's actually like a, it's self-made by the, by the defendant. So it doesn't carry much weight. And that's why I was like a bit, like, I was a bit surprised that we didn't get a medical report or anything like that. Mm. Well, if you think about it, when they say um, he's been diagnosed, I mean, diagnosed, it can't be, he can't just make it from air. So there must be a doctor. And if you look at it smartly, there's a place where it says that he's been taking medication for this ADHD. There's there's a part in it. As yeah, well. Ritalin. Yeah, that Ritalin, yeah. Um, and it's been made him feel good. You know, the, there's a difference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so also, you can't get Ritalin without a prescription legally. So, what I'm, yeah, no, what I'm saying is, this can't be just made up like there must be a, mm. he's been diagnosed you mean 
when they say diagnosed, that means he's been to the doctor. So they don't have to say it. Yeah, I, yeah, you know what I, I mean? just, it's just for the purpose of when there's quite a few cases saying that there needs to be very strong evidence. Like it's just a matter of how do you combat cases that say that when all we have is a pack report, like not arguing that obviously he doesn't have ADHD, but yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like there were some cases where the judge went, hey, I don't even believe that you truly have an addiction. Um, mm. Where's the proof of this? Yeah. But I feel like the defence counsels in those cases would have put the addiction forward despite there not being the proof of it, yeah. you know? Yeah, Otherwise I feel like we have to put it forward. Mm. I feel like probation officers usually are against their um, the prisoners because they don't know them, right? So they will just like write, write, write whatever it is truth because they don't know them. They're not just going to go and ask the um, the defendant that, hey, do you have sickness? And then he will say, oh, yeah. He will lie, oh, I have this and this. Then the probation will say that, okay, was, do you have any doctor reference? And they will be in contact with them. So I think I'll just take it as it is. That's me, by the way. Mm. Um, on a on a different point, what was everyone's way of basically getting out of the crown submitting that he wasn't entitled to discounts for that um, addiction or ADHD? Oh, that's right. Um... For me, um, the mere fact, yeah. carry on. Carry on the mere fact that the crown has put that he has got no, um, no discount for this, that itself is an indication that it, he actually can get a, a good discount for those two. That itself, that's how I looked at it. By itself, the mere fact that the crown has mentioned it. That means there is a discount for it. But how much? I don't know. I have no idea. That's how, what I'm struggling with. Did you guys say for the ADHD much? and dyspraxia for the mental illness? Yeah. How much did you guys um, give uh, discount for that? I haven't come up with a figure yet, but um, I, can, I sort of did a little bit of research on what ADHD does and what and then also what does what is dyspraxia and how it affects a person um, cognitively and had a look at a few cases of adults that have it um, and so yeah. I just pulled in some research and how it interferes um, especially if they're affected from such a young age and it's not medicated or not managed um, how it does present a processing cognitive processing um, difficulties um, as well as impulsive behavior now it's not often that you have an adult that has dyspraxia and ADHD, uh, ADHD together, they either have one or the other. But in this situation, because he has both, it's like a double whammy. Yeah. Um, that, but that was me. I did some medical research um, on it and spoke to a couple of doctor friends and that's what they, um, and a psychologist as well, a child psychologist who's a friend of mine and that's what they explained to me. I really wanted to bring that stuff in because I I'd done some reading on that as well. Um, mm. But I just don't know if we're allowed to. Is that going too far? I don't think it is. I think it's a good case to fight because um, the fact that they've said that he doesn't get a discount for it, you have to give every reason 
um, as to why, especially if you're going to use it as a mitigating factor. So just saying, actually, yes, he does have a mental illness, so he should get a discount, I feel is not enough. You'll have to go into um, the whole, uh, you sort of have to unpack what it is um, and then give that, like, so that there can be no rebuttal against it. Yeah, no no, I agree with that, like in a real world context, but in the terms of this case, like how are we going to cite our scholarly articles on dyspraxia and ADHD? Um, so I didn't cite anything, and that's the question that I asked uh, my tutor the other night was, for every mitigating factor, do I have to have a case example? And she said, not necessarily, because I said to her, I was finding it difficult to find cases for ADHD and dyspraxia together. It's like, and that's because it's not often that an adult would have the two conditions together at the same time. Um, and she said, as long as you can give a compelling argument as to why you think it should count, then that should be suffice. Right. So when ADHD is in conjunction with dyspraxia, does it basically just make both conditions worse? Yes. And you have to be medicated to manage it. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, it, it, it does make it worse. The dyspraxia makes the ADHD worse and then ADHD makes the dyspraxia worse. Wonder if they knew that when they wrote this for us. I mean, I think it was purposely put there to trip us up. And like Ali has said, I think um, he was saying that the fact that they've come out and said absolutely no discount, um, I think that's an invitation for us to go, actually, no, this is why it should be discounted for this reason, this reason, this reason. Sort of testing the waters. Seeing how far we'll go as researchers. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, my only question is, how do we then displace the fact that um, the Crown has uh, kept pushing that he um, had substantial financial gain, that that it, his entire offending was motivated by financial gain? Because that's the part I'm struggling with, trying to explain his um, conditions, but the way that he's acted within his offending and and his like in the pack report his lifestyle and and whatnot like he's gained a lot of money out of this so yeah that's what i'm struggling with at the moment exactly Mm. part of the um part of the symptoms of adhd is um, obsessive compulsive behavior and that's different amongst every adult so if there's a way that you can link that he was obsessive compulsive let's say about money and it was all about collecting or is gaining as much then you can come with you know you can you can use the word you know you can use the term obsessive compulsive um to blanket that to mask that but in regards to him having a high um, lifestyle and a very busy one and a party party boy type of lifestyle um i linked that personally i linked that to him not having a social support from the very beginning so his way to fill the void and his way to sort of have the family around him because he had none was to have this elaborate lifestyle because it was the only way that he could have some type of yeah you'd fill the void and have some sort of socializing um, socialization in his life but that's the perspective that i took anyhow no that's That's actually interesting yeah yeah i went for i found like nine ten mitigating factors in there i like really combed it out jeez um i kind of took a different approach to arrive at the same result so i kind of took the approach that well the reason he's got so much money is because he's been put 
under the pressure from his supplier for so long without being caught, which is hence why he's relieved to be caught, you know. Yeah. He, yeah, basically it started out as him feeding his addiction and then, you know, he's trying to pay for his addiction. His, like, supplier goes to him like, look, hey, you want to make some money as well as feed your addiction? Make me some money. And then it's been going on for years. So he's pressured into it. Yeah. And remember, what... he is an electrician oh. as well. Um, so he is clever. Um, I think people like uh, I think people don't take that into account. The fact that he is an electrician goes to show that he is, although he might not be educated in the in the sense of academic, because electrician work, if any of you guys know, it's like you know hands on, but it's very calculated. They have um, to do exams for electrician yeah. apprenticeships. They they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah, my brother's an electrician, um, but you have to be somewhat aware of numbers. Oh yeah. Absolutely. as well so the fact that he was able to get rich quick um it doesn't surprise me that he was also an electrician and also had his own business um you have to be some sort of yeah you've got to have some sort of thinking a specific type of thinking if you were a to take on that kind of um, role in society to be a businessman um, and then to be an electrician and putting yeah, them together but hey, yeah but hey there's a problem there's a question actually with adhd and and but it's not adhd the thing is, um, they're going to ask that he started drugs when he was like, uh, from when he was 15 or whatever, like when he was, since he was from school or when he was little anyway, in his youth, um, he used drugs since that time. So he already mingled with the um, wrong crowd. Do you know what I mean? He didn't know about his ADHD and stuff and he started taking it. So he started taking that, and then the new level, which um, when he started myth, up to that time, he still didn't know he had ADHD. So the judge and, and the whole situation, like when you look at it, right? It's like he's, he's, he's already been into that. It's just like, it's just the way, you know, it just happens. Situation yeah, got him into that. Lucy was talking about in her sentencing slide that, yeah. um, that, you, that you can get a discount about age and how uh, to a specific age that the mind isn't fully developed yet, therefore they can't make the right choices. So that's if you're gonna age of 25. I know about that. After age of 25, boys or guys um, do not have um, a fully developed brain. I don't know about girls. Girls is much lower, like, yeah. Guys are. It's <laughs> a very. Uh, yeah, I'd walk very, very lightly on that one there. Um, so, Ali, I think if you're going to talk about, <clears throat> if you're going to talk about um, at 17, he was into drugs, etc., the Crown's going to bring it up. Yes, they can bring it up, uh, but you can also combat that with um, at that age, at 17, he is, his brain wasn't fully developed. He already knew that he was going through some social issues at school. This is his way of fitting in as it is now. He's kind of, he's constantly trying to fit in to crowds and, and um, you know, and find that family because he never had that when he was younger. So uh, age, definitely at the 17 age, uh, 17 year old mark. I don't think that it's going to be hard to defend that. The yeah, that's that not different. But uh, what I'm talking about is not not that age. Okay, nothing uh, nothing below 25, but after 25, 25 onwards. What are you gonna say about that? Well, I'm not arguing his age. Yeah, I mean he's. Oh, we got less than a minute. 
Yeah. Do you guys want to continue this conversation just a little bit, start another one of these? Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, that's fine, George. Did you want to send out a Zoom link or um, just um, reuse the one? Once this okay. call ends, just click on the same um, link. Oh, okay. fantastic. Yeah, because there was still one other thing I wanted to ask you guys about what you thought. Okay. Okay. Um,